The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. I am your host, as always, Dylan Short, bringing you the news and reports. And man, I really wish I had better news to talk about today, as now we are comfortably into May, about midway into May. The Braves are still just such a disjointed bunch, unable to put anything together as they drop game one in the second series of the season against Milwaukee. They lose one to nothing, falling to 16 and 20 on the year. And that game last night, that was, I don't want to seem overly dramatic, but um, that was a pretty pathetic showing by the offense. By any stretch of the imagination, two hits, uh, two hits for the offense, three total base runners, 16 strikeouts. Now, I get Freddie Peralta is a good pitcher. At least he was last year. Um, he had 10 strikeouts in seven innings. Allowed All three of the base runners came against Freddie Peralta. Devin Williams and Josh Hader both struck out the side in their successive innings of work. Just a, a really, really bad showing by the Braves offense. The only two with hits last night were Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna. One of those hits was was kind of a almost a swinging bunt where it just kind of was, was kind of a bad luck play. The Braves just looked absolutely lost yesterday, all the way up and down the lineup. Every single starter had at least one strikeout, and five of the nine had multiple strikeouts. Just a, a poor showing by any stretch of the imagination for any of for, for all of the offensive performers. And it's a shame, too, because Ian Anderson actually pitched fairly well, especially from what we've seen from him so far this season. Six innings, four hits, only one run allowed, and that was on a wild pitch. Had two walks and only had three strikeouts. But this was the best, at least from what I've seen, this is the best that Ian Anderson has looked all year. Through 103 pitches, yeah, that's a tad much for six innings, but I think that I think we just kind of need to come to grips that that's kind of who Ian is. He doesn't have the pure stuff that some of the other guys in the system have. Now he's able to offset it. Uh, when he's going well with his tunneling effect and, and, and with his poise and his ability to locate when when his release point is on. But it is why you see him run into deeper counts. He has to nibble a little bit more. He can't really make mistakes in the zone as much as some of the other pitchers can. And unfortunately for Ian, his best start of the season just kind of got wasted because the offense decided it wasn't very important to uh, actually get runners on base to try to win a ball game. I guess they were trying to take a page out of the Pittsburgh Pirates book, for example, and... Uh, 
unfortunately didn't work out well. And there was another error by Matt Olson last night. That's three games in a row where Matt Olson has made an error at first base. That's not something that's very typical of Matt Olson. Matt is a very good defensive first baseman. I know it hasn't looked like it so far this year, but but he is a very, very good defensive first baseman. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that's just been another in the list of things that's gone very badly for the Braves early on this year. The defense has been awful, particularly the infield defense. And you kind of figured the outfield defense wouldn't be great, especially with Acuna who missed a month. And you had Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zunas had to play a lot of time in left field. So you kind of gathered the outfield defense probably wouldn't be spectacular. But infield defense is where the Braves hung their hat on for pretty much all of last season. It was one of their big defining characteristics. And unfortunately for them, so far this year, with the exception of Dansby Swanson, who's the highest rated defender according to outs above average, but he's probably right around there for DRS as well, uh, it just hasn't been good. For, for pretty much any of them. I don't really understand. Um, now, I guess you could say that maybe it's a case of bad offenses bleeding over onto the defensive side of things, but it doesn't appear to be the case. Now, in fairness to Austin Riley, and in fairness to the, def- to, to the defense, the errors that you're kind of seeing, throwing errors mostly, they wouldn't shock somebody who watched all of the games for the past few years. And we've said numerous times in Atlanta that one of the things about Freddie Freeman that was so underrated was his ability to scoop bad throws, his ability to stretch as well and to make it to where a bad throw isn't as bad as it could be. That was one area of Freddie's game that was severely underrated. And I, I've been kind of thinking that was one of the areas that I thought the Braves would miss the most from going from Freddie Freeman to Matt Olson. Because Matt Olson offensively is a fine, fine player. He's roughly, and I know I know the average isn't the same, but roughly he's having a, a pretty similar season to Freddie Freeman at the plate right now. Uh, they, they go about it in different ways. Freddie's a little bit more consistent as far as base hits. Matt is better as far as extra base hits uh, and, and the overall power numbers, although Freddie has shown quite a bit of power as well. But overall this season, you haven't seen what you've wanted to see from pretty much anybody on this squad. And that's... Not a good look when we're in the middle of May. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, the Braves were under 500 last year and they still they still won the division. They still won a World Series. I know. I was there. I watched it just like the rest of you. Um, that does not mean that you just kind of ignore awful starts and just say, well, you know, they won, they won the World Series in 2021 after a bad start, so they should be able to do it every single year. That's not a very smart take that's not a very good take especially because it doesn't take into account the rest of the teams in your division or the rest of the teams around baseball that you're having to play and like I've said numerous times on this show the New York Mets look to be for real now it it is still early and the Mets still have plenty of opportunity to Mets but they're doing this right now with no Jacob deGrom and they have been they have been a very very tough team this year 23 and 13 the same record as the Brewers uh they they are pretty far and away in front in first place at this moment where I keep saying you can't keep counting on the rest of your of the teams in your division to just suck at some point you have to go out there and play the way that you're supposed to play and unfortunately for the Braves it just seems like they just can't get it going at all phases of the game and even when they do for one game they can't sustain it for multiple games and it's just it's it's just aggravating to watch. It, it's just such a slog to get through. It's such a grind to get through these games. And you're still missing Ronald Acuna again, who 
when he came out, it was last week, I believe it was last Wednesday's game, uh, where he, he kind of felt something in his knee or he came up and looked like he was limping a little bit. And they remarked on it in the game. He stayed in the game, but they did kind of mention it and he looked a little ginger on it and, and he missed a whole slew of games, hasn't played since then. And for a while there was a lot of, oh no, I hope he didn't hurt the knee again. Turns out it was his groin. Had an MRI yesterday, which silver lining, the MRI didn't reveal anything structurally wrong. So they're kind of labeling it more as like a groin strain and uh, theoretically, at least, supposedly, at least, he's supposed to be playing today. We'll see when the lineups come out if that's the case. But I've been I've been a fan of this Braves team for far too long to take a oh well we didn't see any lasting damage as anything uh, as, as any sort of good sign, as we've seen with Dansby in 2019, 2018, I think maybe 2018 or 2019, Dansby Swanson with the wrist. Uh, we've seen it a few other times. Tucker Davidson with his forearm last year had to go on the 60-day IL because of that. Uh, we've seen it a few times where turns out the injuries happen to maybe be a little understated by the Braves. I'm not going to allege anything, but that's kind of how it sounds sometimes. Uh, and unfortunately, you have a situation this year where the team is always better with Ronald Acuna Jr., but especially this season. And I know a lot of people don't want to go to the take of, well, you know, a lot of it is missing Freddie. And I think it's too simplistic to just say that. But I think it does make a, a, a good point in the fact that, one, Freddie was a stabilizing element for the team. Now, I know the Braves weren't good last year either. Duh, I get it. I, I watched the same season you guys did. But that's not typically been the case. They were fine in 2020. They were fine in 2019. Last year, they, the, last year was a whole bunch of big struggles. And I know if you look at the expected stats, the Braves should be performing a whole lot better than they are. But they're not. And I think at a certain point, you look at the expected stats and you say, that's all fine and dandy. But if you're going on two months into the season and those stats are still abysmal, at some point you start asking yourself, is it really a bad luck thing? Or is it something kind of relative to what the Braves tend to do? Is it something that the Braves do or the types of pitches that they swing at, or, or, or whatever, that just doesn't allow them to perform up to the expected stats. Now, all of this to say, they could go on one of these runs that they're known to do, and go on one of these big, gigantic, just blitzkriegs across every team that they're playing. It's possible. And the Braves are certainly a talented enough team to do that. But I'm getting kind of tired of saying how talented the Braves are, and why you should ignore, you should ignore how they've played because they're a more a more talented team than they're actually showing. They've fallen all the way down to fourth in the East right now. This is not not what this team should be doing. And I know we all know that. Nobody wants to nobody wants to say that or anything, but I mean it, it's it's just been it's been an awful watch, quite frankly. It's been it's it's tough to get into the season when you can't win two games in a row or when you can't you can't do any consistent good things and you struggle for months on end. And I don't know, I really don't know why they continue to struggle. Last night you can point to and say, well, if, if you can't make contact with a baseball, you're probably not going to score a lot of runs and win a ball game, especially if you're not walking either. So last night's pretty simple to look at, but that's just a microcosm from what you've seen. And you do get kind of lucky that you get an easy end to the month of May, including a bunch of games against the Marlins and Phillies here, which give you a real chance to make up some real ground in the division. But <laughs> you got to get through the Brewers too, and we're we're in the we're May seventeenth, and the Braves have won two series all season. That that's not good. That is very bad. And 
while I don't want to say that you should be pulling the panic lever or anything, it's certainly not it's certainly not good and you have a right to be worried and, and I don't know if worried is the right word or cautious is, but you could tell me either one right now and I tell you that however you're feeling, you have a you have a pretty decent reason to feel that way unless you're feeling good. There's no reason to feel good about this Braves team right now unless you're talking about the goodwill that they earned from winning a World Series last year. And I think that's a very cogent point. I think that's something that that really you could you could discuss that has real validity. Uh, uh, just kind of the fact that, you know, we did win the World Series last year. So are you really going to pull any fire alarms this year? I personally, I probably won't. There's going to be plenty of times that you hear me exasperated, annoyed, and upset, and, and kind of ranting and raving. That's just kind of how I am. But as far as pulling the panic lever or, or being angry at the Braves, I don't really know that I can be... 100% angry with them the same way that I would have been had this continued on last year and the Braves not won the World Series. I think that winning cures a lot of things, and it is incredibly hard to repeat. But you're not going to get me to say that the Braves shouldn't shouldn't be way out in front of the division. You're not going to get me to say that this Braves team shouldn't be far and away better than they are right now. Quite frankly, the Braves just aren't a very good baseball team right now. They've got a talented roster, but they don't have they have not translated that to on the field at all and they haven't played well for any real stretch at all this season and they haven't played like a good team now again i'm not going to do what a lot of people did last year where they all oh, sell it off sell off everybody's not nailed down i didn't do that last year i'm not going to do it this year especially since it's easier to get into the playoffs this year but it is one of those things that you kind of keep an eye on and unfortunately there there's not there's not really one area that you can look at on this team and say okay add one player here and it's fixed there there's a few different areas on this ball club that are really struggling. Offensively, it seems like the Braves can't ever have more than two or three people hot at the same time, and it's kind of hard to score runs consistently or, or drive the ball consistently when two-thirds of your lineup isn't hitting at any one time or half of your lineup, if we're just going to be nice, isn't hitting at any one time. But you got to figure it out, and I keep saying this, and I'm, I'm just as tired as you guys of this. I'm, I'm tired of saying that they have to figure it out because – I keep saying it week in and week out that the Braves have to figure something out. And it's just, it's exhausting to have to keep doing this same type of, this same type of role, the same type of speech for the Braves. But they're far too good of a team to play this badly. And now you've got Tyler Matzik going on to the IL uh, and, and, and some more questionable decisions yesterday where after Ian Anderson pitched very well, they brought in Spencer Strider for the final three innings or so. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Which, 
you know, fine on his face. Spencer Strider needs to pitch more. He's He's been very good. But I've been talking about this for weeks. The Braves don't have a fifth starter. And Spencer Strider has pitched very well. And as de- I don't know why they refuse to let Spencer get a shot in the rotation. You called up Bryce Elder and gave him six, like five or six starts. You can't give Spencer Strider one. And then you kind of hear after the game where or the rumor is, well, Spencer was going to start today unless he needed to be used yesterday. But in my my thought process is if you knew that Spencer Strider was your guy to go to today to start and finally get his first start, why in the world was he the guy that you brought out of the bullpen yesterday? Now, I get that there were some guys that were tired and off limits that, that pitched a fair bit, but you still have other guys in there. You still have your Jesse Chavez. I know he's been hit around a little bit. You still have Tyler Thornburg you could go to. The Braves were losing at the time, which generally is the only time that Tyler Thornburg gets into games. But you didn't have to go to Strider. And instead, you went to Strider, burned him, and now you call Tucker Davidson up today. And that's not to say anything bad about Tucker. Tucker's done very well in AAA. Tucker has shown through through certain points in, in time in his big league, in his short big league career, that he can pitch very, very well, and that he can get big league hitters out. But this was, I, I just, I don't know what they're doing with Spencer. I, I get they like having a guy like Spencer who can come in and can throw 101 and can go two innings and strike out all six batters he sees. I get that they like that. I get that that's versatile. I get that that's valuable. But you could also do that with Tucker, especially since Tyler Matzik is now on the IL and Tucker happens to be left-handed. So I don't, I really don't understand why they have this, this reticence with Spencer Strider. And you can tell me this the two pitches and I've told you guys a million times in my defenses of Waskar Noah, I don't buy that. And I'm not going to change it up just because it's Spencer Strider and not my boy Waskar Noah. It's the same thought process. If your two pitches are both swing and miss type of pitches, then I don't really care if you have two or three. And if you only can go four or five innings, fine. That's what you're going to get from most fill-in starters anyway. And if it gives you a better chance to win, then do it. I, I, I think Spencer has more than earned an opportunity to start a game and see how he does. He started his whole time up until the big league career. He was dominant enough to blow through the entire minor leagues and you call him up to the big leagues and you've already started this little yo-yo thing with him and you kind of locked him in as a, as a reliever because Luke Jackson got hurt. And that's, you know, I, I like Strider in the bullpen. I think he should be used in higher leverages than he is. He's pretty much only used in low leverage. And I think that's a big waste of what he can bring you on the, on the ball field. But you're imminently more valuable as a starter than a reliever. And if you're the Braves and you need a fifth starter, there's no good reason. And I, and I mean, there is no there is no intelligent reason you can give me as to why Spencer Strider has not gotten an opportunity to this point in time. That said, you got to move on and do what you got to do. The decision's already been made. You can't go back and change it now. So for Tucker, you want to see Tucker Davidson come out there today and, and have a good start. And I think whenever you talk about Tucker and how his starts are going to go, it generally is going to rely on his slider. Uh, if he's got his slider today and he's able to get swing and misses, then Tucker's going to have a good game. If he's given up a lot of contact, it's probably not going to be a great showing. Uh, Milwaukee's offense, not really something that, that terrifies me. It didn't terrify me last year. It generally never terrifies me. For as good as Milwaukee is at developing pitchers, they're equally as bad at developing hitters and position players. So I don't really worry about them offensively. If you can score three or four runs, you're pretty much assured of beating them in a ball game. But you got to be able to score those three or four runs. And with this Braves offense right now, I'm not quite certain where that's coming from. And when you're looking at the matchup today, Adrian Hauser, uh, Braves beat him last time. Seen him, or that was Aaron Ashby. Adrian Hauser has had an okay season. Not not spectacular. He, he's kind of had some struggles with walking folks, but he's he's pitched better than most of the Braves rotation has. And he's another guy that 
isn't going to blow you away, but is the type of guy that the Braves have been struggling with for quite a while. Uh, and, and I don't know if the guys are pressing right now, but until the Braves can can do some success, some consistent feats offensively, then I think it's fair to to kind of not really get into pitching matchups and say, oh, well, the Braves are, are going to crush this person until they show me that they can do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just assume that they can handle anybody. But for Tucker. He does have a good opportunity here because that fifth spot is fully up for grabs. And while I believe it should be Spencer Strider right now, Tucker has an opportunity to go out there tonight and to go out there and put a stamp on it and earn that fifth starter spot. And I think that if he does go out there and has a good start, you you won't see him drop back down, at least for a little bit. Tyler Matzik's 15-day IL stint was retroed back to the 14th. But even so, the Braves have some other options you could go with. If Tucker, if Tucker pitches and, and shows that you need him in that fifth starter spot, then, there's, then he's not going to get sent down. The Braves are comfortable with Tucker. They allowed him to start a World Series game after being out for basically two and a half, three months. So they're obviously very comfortable with what they get from Tucker Davidson. They believe in him a fair bit. He's done some good things for them before. So if he continues to do that, then the fifth starter spot will be Tucker's to lose. And I think that's fine because the Braves got to figure that out as well. You do have to have five starters. Uh, and for the Braves, you know, you got to find that fifth one. You finally got some good starts, consecutive good starts out of Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson. So the rotation looks like it might be coming around a little bit. Unfortunately, it's coming at a time where the bullpen has been kind of suspect. And, and in particular, Will Smith has gotten hit very hard lately. But we've done this song and dance before. It's nothing that we haven't seen. Uh, and at some point, he'll probably straighten it out. AJ Minter has been incredible. Uh, haven't really seen as much of him as you might have expected. But AJ is probably going to step right in and take over all of the Tyler Matzik outings. Uh, but he, he's been very, very good. The offense has to figure out how to hit a little bit. Uh, hopefully we'll get Acuna back tonight, and hopefully he's he's back for at least a good while, and we can kind of get over this uh, having to see him in and out getting hurt every once in a while because I, I I keep saying that he's King Griffey Jr., and I, I could not bear the thought of him having the same issues with health that King Griffey Jr. had. So unfortunately for Ronald Acuna, it's been a bit of a struggle this season just to get onto the ball field. Hopefully once he does, we can see him there for quite a bit of time because baseball is just better with Ronald Acuna Jr. on the field. But even so, even adding Ronald Acuna Jr. back into the fold, you still have to figure out what you're doing with the rest of this roster. And right now, Adam Duvall has become pretty much nigh unplayable. Same for Marcelo Zuna. They've both been horrendous offensively. Duvall is at least a good defender. Marcelo Zuna has just been a bad baseball player for most of this year. Again, I know the expected stats and the underlying metrics are fine, but until, but if, if you have those for two months, three months, and, and you still aren't having it translate onto the field, then maybe we need to kind of take a step back from those expected stats and try to figure out what it is that or, or what exactly is the reason why he can have good batted ball data and not have the results to show for it. Because I, don't, I never think that it's just bad luck for a two-month stretch. I think for, for a week, two weeks, maybe even three weeks, then okay, it's bad luck. But you start talking about two months or so consistently of the same type of thing, the same story, then I don't think you can say that it's just bad luck anymore. I think at that point, it's something in what you're doing. It's the way you're swinging. It's the way the ball's coming off your bat. It's something. It's not just bad luck. And for the Braves, that does kind of lead them into a situation similar to last year of you kind of have another case coming up of do you need to go out there and add a, a, I don't want to say a premium player because you didn't add any premium players at last year's deadline, but do you need to make a big move, a move for a starter, not a bench piece? Uh, and, and looks like, at least to this point in time, that that answer is yes. The problem is, man, everybody has sucked this year. There's 
this is not a good year, at least to this point, to be trying to find somebody to come in and immediately help your ball club. This has been one of the worst offensive seasons I can remember in a long, long time, maybe ever. And when you're looking at the potential targets, it's so hard to gauge who a good target would be and what a fair return would be because so many players and big-name players are struggling mightily. I talk about Brian Reynolds a lot because he's one of the most talented players uh, in baseball. He's a great fit for the Braves and, and all of that, and I'd love to see him there. But he's been awful this year. When you look around the league, there's not that many players that you look at and think, okay, that's a guy that is a definitive upgrade from this team right now. Maybe the best on the market, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is Andrew Benintendi from the Royals. I mean, the Royals aren't a good baseball team. They're not going anywhere. But Andrew Benintendi is not a great ball player. There was a time in in Boston where it was thought that he was going to be excellent and really, really good. He was a really highly rated prospect. I mean, if you look at his Fangraphs page, you can still see he was number two overall prospect in baseball in 2017. Um, but you can see... The, the stat cast grades, or not the stat cast, the fan graphs grades on him were extremely high. And he's never really performed up to that level. He's just kind of a middle-of-the-road power guy, not a great defender, not a lot of speed, doesn't have exceptional walk rates. Um, he, he doesn't strike out a ton, um, but but doesn't have a ton of power or a lot of extra base hit ability either. But you look at what he's done this year, and he he's one of the few guys that I think would be a real upgrade over at least what you're getting now. The problem is you're not getting much in the way of power with him. So I don't see much difference between him and what it would have been when you added Eddie Rosario last year. Not Eddie Rosario after he became Barry Bonds for a little bit, just Eddie Rosario, period. Now, the good news for Benintendi is he does have a 134 WRC+, which is exceptional. Uh, it looks to me so far like he's on pace for his best season since 2018 when he had a 5F4 campaign. Now, that obviously looks like that was the high side. He hasn't approached anywhere near that number since. But even so, he, he looks to, to me like he's having a really good season. And who, who knows, maybe getting out of uh, the AL Central and getting away from Kansas City uh, does wonders for his power, and all of a sudden he can, he can get back to being a 20-25 to 25 home run guy. I don't know. But a lot of that would have to dictate on Major League Baseball stop messing, messing with the actual baseball, which I, I don't know if we're going to see that or what they're going to do. But outside of Benintendi... You start going down the list of guys, some of these that, that I think are pretty good players, but they're not anybody that's going to move the needle or anything like that, which almost, in my view, means they're more likely to be Braves than anything else. But guys like Austin Hayes from, from Baltimore. Austin Hayes is a guy that I don't know what Baltimore thinks of him. Coming up, he was he was pretty much a shoe-in to be a really good defensive center fielder who is a size-speed-power combination type of guy, and it never materialized in that respect for him. He is a guy that does have good power, uh, doesn't walk a lot, doesn't strike out a lot, but he, he, he's not a guy that has shown a ton of extra base hit ability to this point in his career. And he's kind of struggled with consistency and, and frankly, with health. He's, he's played 131 games in 2021, and that's the only time he's played more than 50 games in a season. Uh, but last year was a good year for him. Hit 256, had a low OBP of 308 because he doesn't walk a ton, but slugged 461. That's good for a 106 WRC+. That's a guy that you could put in this lineup and feel good about. He's, a, he's not a great defender at all, but I'd put him in left field over Marcelo Zuna any day of the week. Uh, I don't know what Baltimore would be looking for, but again, Baltimore's not a good ball club, so I would imagine most of their players, that, that's not the the you know the, the young guys coming up, not the Grayson Rodriguez, the D.L. Halls, uh, or the Adley Rutschmans of the world. 
but I'm sure any of these guys, he's 26 years old. The guys in their mid-20s, I think you could probably get pretty easily. It'd be a lot easier to get him than it would be to get Cedric Mullins. I think he's a better bet than Anthony Santander because he's a little bit better at staying healthy than Santander. Uh, another guy they have, Jorge Mateo, who had been, I don't want to say a bust, but frankly had been kind of a bust before this year, before kind of settling into the outfield. He's been playing right field as, as their starter now for a little bit, and he's performed pretty well. Hasn't been amazing, a 92 WRC+, plus, but he's been a very good fielder. Uh, he, he's starting to kind of figure out some things he can do offensively. He's got a walk more, though, 4.2% walk rate to a 27.5% strikeout rate. That's not really going to cut it. For a guy with his speed, you do have to get on the base pass. He's a little like Tyro Estrada from the Giants, but he's a guy that at the very least can play really good defense. Uh, he's actually one of the best right fielders in baseball, according to outs above average. Uh, but he's a guy that if you're not going to hit, then at least be good defensively. And that's something he does have power in his frame. He's a little bit of a smaller guy, but there is surprising pop in there. Uh, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a bad move. His underlying numbers look pretty good. Uh, and at the very least, you know you can play him defensively. One that I like that I think that I would probably be banging the drum for, and this is purely just speculative because he hasn't really done much this season. Um, but he doesn't he he kind of has has had a little bit of a rough go lately. Lord Scurriel Jr. Uh, it's a guy that I really like. He's a guy that his underlying numbers paint the picture of a guy who should be performing a fair bit better than he is right now. Uh, his his Waba to expected Waba is about 50 points off. Um, it's only an, he, he's a guy that through most of his through every year except for this season has been above average offensively. 2019 and 2020 were his two stellar years. Uh, he's kind of struggled with injuries a little bit. 20 uh, last year played in 141 games. Aside from that, played 57 in the 60-game 2020. So 2020 and 2021, he was essentially healthy. 2019 played in 84 games, but a lot of that was in the minors too. And he's a guy that's comfortably going to get you 20 to 25 homers. Not going to steal any bags for you. Again, doesn't walk a ton, but doesn't strike out a lot either. Again, not a great defender, but he does have some, he, he does have a big frame, and he can do a lot of things. Has a good arm. Again, somebody that I would put in left field and be perfectly comfortable with it. And the Blue Jays are a team that with the way the Yankees are playing right now, I think the Blue Jays, you'd be able to get them to give you an outfielder. They have enough young guys. They have enough players right now to where you could get Lourdes Gurriel. I'd prefer Teoscar Hernandez, but I don't think they would give up Teoscar. I think he's such a big portion of their team. I think you could get Lourdes Gurriel. And I think if I'm Alex Anthopoulos, that's a guy I'd be interested in at uh, 28, uh, 28 years old. He's under contract through next season. Three Makes $3 million. That That's something that could happen. And you, you kind of count for a bounce back from him and, and see if you could kind of have the Jorge Soler thing where maybe his underlying numbers start coming back and, and kind of hitting to true once he kind of gets over here. And that's, I would like to see that happen. I think that he's a very, very good player. Cause I don't think, I don't see any way that they would bring up Michael Harris yet. I don't think for as good as Drew Waters has done surface stat wise, he's been in a bit of a, a, a struggle recently with strikeouts. And that's something that for, for Drew Waters, anyway, that's something you really wanted to see come down before you, you just thrust him into the big league action. Because he's swinging and missing at too many that are in the zone. Uh, and that, that's kind of the, the key portion of it. But I think if, I think we'll see Drew at some point this year. But if you look at Gurriel's StatCast page, a lot of that paints the picture of, of somebody that should be performing better than he is. Uh, he's currently hitting 230 with two homers and 12 rubies and a 618 OPS. Now, if you dig into it a little bit deeper, you'd say that his expected batting average, if you care, is a 260 uh, and should be slugging 452. 
So he's he's hitting the ball better. He's actually uh, highest home or highest hard hit rates for him since uh, since 2020, which was at almost 50 percent. This year he's at 46.2, uh, striking out the least amount he's had in his entire career. His walk rate is also the second lowest it's ever been, but that's something that that you can kind of see going forward. Uh, I think Lourdes Gurriel is a guy to keep an eye on. We'll see what happens going forward. But it all starts tonight with Tucker Davidson on the mound. 7.40 first pitch. It'll be Tucker Davidson for the Braves, and it will be Adrian Hauser for the Brewers as the Braves look to even up the series a game apiece before tomorrow's rubber match. And that is where the rubber hits the road because the Braves, man, they got to start winning some series. Tomorrow you got to go up against Corbin Burns. You got Max Fried going. But you're taking on Corbin Burns in an early start of 1 10 p.m. tomorrow. So see what can happen tonight. I'm not going to predict anything anymore until the Braves show me that they can earn a couple of predictions. Um, but we'll see what happens tonight. Looking forward to seeing Tucker Davidson return to the big league mound, seeing what he can do against a, a team like Milwaukee, who's not been a great offensive team. So I'm pretty, I, I feel pretty comfortable with this matchup. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But for now, we're going to go ahead and call it a day. That's going to be it for the Tuesday episode. I'll be back again on Thursday. No Saturday for me this week before I'll be going out of town for yet another wedding. So I got to say, man, this is about this is about it for weddings uh, for, for me. So if you're a friend of mine and you're trying to get married, um, no more this year, please. I, I, I've hit my quota on weddings for the year. But uh, we'll be back again Thursday and then next Tuesdays. Hopefully you guys uh, have a good weekend. Be cool go Braves. Hopefully the Braves can get a win behind Tucker Davidson to start up a little run here because I don't want to fathom the Braves falling double-digit games behind the New York stinking Mets. Uh, but I, I keep rambling on, so we're going to go ahead and end it now. Thank you, guys. We'll be back again Thursday here for the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.